Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. Hope you're all doing well. Liam, it was London week. Wasn't the result we all hoped for, but but was a good good night out. How'd you, uh, or day out rather, how'd you get on? It was incredible. That was my first NFL game in general. And just everyone was so polite and so friendly. You could talk to anyone. Um, Me, my dad and my girlfriend all went. We ended up in a bar at half past 10 at the Beaver Town right on the corner uh, next to the stadium. And we ended up talking to a bunch of people and they were about 10 to 15 miles away from us, all six or seven of them. It was crazy. Um, and highlight of the weekend, I got a picture with Neil Reynolds. So very nice, very nice. My my highlight of the weekend was absolutely you completely ignoring me. <laughs> um, you know, we didn't we didn't manage to meet up at the game, but on on my way home, I drove past Liam with his lovely missus, stood at a set of traffic lights, I wound my window down. I'm screaming, Liam, 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 Liam. It was very Alan Partridge. I got completely ignored. I felt I felt very special right there. Come on, you're missing half of the story there. There was a couple of uh, guys on a bike having an (laughs) argument with someone in a car right next to me. I couldn't hear you over them. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't perhaps the best set of traffic lights to try and get someone's attention. I'm not quite sure what was going on, but yeah, it wasn't wasn't ideal. And but uh, the air ten as well. Let's not forget that part. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Um, So I mean, overall though, Liam your first NFL experience was it was it what you expected was there anything that kind of surprised you or or not I suppose the the biggest thing that surprised me other than the friendliness of everyone that was there must have been the the fact that everyone just cheered at everything that happened I kind of half expected it to to have more of a vibe of only the Jets fans shouting for the Jets plays and vice versa for the Falcons. But it just turned out to be everyone shouting for everything. Everyone cheered for every big play, everything that happened. It was it was immense. I absolutely loved every second. Yeah, I think that's the unique thing, isn't it, about the, the London games is that 
you know, where I, I was sat right down by the, the Jets um, tunnel. So it was quite a Jets kind of centric corner. But even there, it was probably like 20% Jets fans at most. And I think that's it, is that you, in that whole stadium, you're probably talking 10 or 15% fans of, of one team. And it's like 70, 80% are, are just NFL fans. And that's what I love about going to those games, is that you see every jersey you've ever imagined. You, you see every fans from every team. And, and people are just there to watch football. It's, it's not, you know, like a, a game when you go in the States and it's... 80 90 percent one set of fans and it is very you know like a home game it is just like a you know a, a, everybody's there to enjoy it and as you said it is I, I, it's, it's a fantastic atmosphere every time I've, I've been quite a few times I've been very lucky but it's it never ceases to surprise me just how how enjoyable the experience is because as you said the fans are so happy and everybody's so nice and, and in such a good mood yeah I, I absolutely loved it like uh, just going on the jersey point, there's just everyone was walking around in their own jerseys. It didn't matter what team. Um, I sat around, like my dad's an Eagles fan. My girlfriend's picked up the Texans because uh, she'd been to Texas. So... You need to have words. You need to have words. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, you shouldn't be allowing that decision. That's horrific. If that's what she wants, then I'll let her have it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was just so much fun to turn around and see Saints fans. That There was another Texans fan on the row below us and it was just so fun just to see every jersey and there were so many not just new jerseys as well there were so many like vintage jerseys i'm sure i saw a charles woodson i saw saw a calvin johnson jersey for the lions which i didn't think i'd see um but yeah there's there just so many different jerseys and you could talk to anyone there so if you've got the chance to go definitely go yeah, absolutely. Um, and just to remind you guys that the, the Five Yard Dynasty podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, uh, who are the best in men's below the waist grooming. Uh, we still have a fantastic exclusive offer um, for you. We can get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code Five Yard. Um, we've talked about it a few times. It really is the Lawnmower 4.0. You can see it at the bottom of the screen there. It is a fantastic piece of kit. It is, you know, a life-changing um, piece of equipment. It really is. It's uh, it's one of those things that, as I've said many times before, you never put any thought into it. You never think about what you're using until you're finally using the right piece of kit and it, it completely changes your life. Um, so, Liam, the, the most hotly anticipated section of this podcast every week, it seems, I reckon the most interaction I get on Twitter and and in DMs is oh does does Liam really make those cocktails every week? So come on, don't don't leave the people waiting. What's the I can't cocktail of the week? People DM you about that. I don't get any. DMs. I don't get it because I, I you know I'm I'm not a drinker. I, I don't drink the cocktails. I'd never clue. You know, it's <laughs> you, you can tell me it tastes nice. I said yeah, it, it looks very manly. Your, your bright pink ones. But yeah, I, oh. I, I don't know. I'll start sending in your direction. Don't worry. I mean. You called it bright pink, but today I've gone for something slightly different. So this is a lemon bomb. So all it is, lemonade, lemoncello, which is a lemon liqueur, and a bit of Prosecco or champagne, whichever one you want. I don't like either, so I went for the cheapest option of Prosecco. But... I'm going to shock you here. Now, I, I drink that fairly regularly when i'm my wife's italian so uh so that that is a favorite of the family so yeah I, oh nice what do you think I, of it then i can test it is a, it is a very nice uh very nice drink i do enjoy it great news i'm, I'm actually surprised that you you uh managed to jump in on, on this to be fair, my <laughs> list of co- my list of cocktail drinking is 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 not great but uh, uh, uh yeah a bomb is one of the few i've had <laughs> right then let's get off the cocktail talk and start speaking about what everyone actually has come for which is dynasty um show so to start off with every week we do the highest scorers so as usual four point touchdowns for quarterbacks and it's ppr no titan premium scoring so let's start off with quarterback position we had justin herbert lamar jackson and tom brady as our top three running backs we had jonathan taylor miles gaskin bounced back this week after us slandering him a little bit last week and derrick henry 
Yeah, but perhaps not our finest take in terms of discussing whether Miles Gaskin was done as a back in uh, in Miami and, and him exploding. I, I I was completely gobsmacked. I can't get my head around it. You've got a guy that you know looked looked solid last year in when he was used, looked explosive, and then last week I think he had his career low was it twenty percent opportunity share was very low in terms of snap share, hardly on the field, and then seemingly he's. He's back to being the key piece of the offense. It, it was very strange, but incredible usage. You know, we saw 10, 10 targets, 10 catches, two touchdowns. You know, if he's going to get that sort of work in the receiving game, he's, he's going to be that, you know, solid RB2, back-end RB1 that that people drafted him to be. I guess the question is, is how many people actually started him and, uh, and used those points that he put up this last week? I was also convinced that he was uh, on the downturn. I'm still on the, the train that it is more of a volume-based running back, but we'll have to figure out what's actually going on in, in Miami. I th- it could have just been a really bad game for him. Um, but after this season, I don't see much of a path to success for Gassian. Um, so wide receivers, high scorers. So we've got Devante Adams had an absolute monster game. And un- unfortunately, I couldn't watch it as me and Rich were both uh, speaking about before the show went live. Neither of us could do our usual Sunday routine of watch most of the games and set all of our fantasy lineups because we were actually watching one early on. And so I missed a lot of the Devontae Adams, what was it, 10 receptions, 200 plus yards and a touchdown. Absolutely monster week. Yeah, so very, very impressive performance. But I guess that's, you know, what where you drafted him and what you expected from him, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, th- those are the boom weeks you expect from a top one wide receiver. Um, and then other wide receivers following him up. We've got Mike Williams bounced back again. So another bounce back that we talked about last week. And then Marquise Hollywood Brown um, finally cracked that top three. I know he's been uh, he's been having some good weeks, but he's not cracked that top set yet. And then out, over at the tight end position, we had Mark Andrews went wild in Monday Night Football. Um, we had David Njoku and Kyle Pitts that we actually got to see in person. We saw his first career touchdown. What what a game for him! Yeah, I think, I mean, Mark, first of all, Mark Andrews' performance, he was, he's the highest point scorer in, in all leagues, in all across all positions this week, which just shows how how mental that is, the outscored all quarterbacks. Um, and yeah, the Cole Pitts thing, I, I think, that for, I, I, I love the talent, I love the player, and it, it seems that it took, you know, the Falcons losing their entire receiver core to suddenly start utilising correctly. Um, it's the first time we've actually seen him line up you know over 66 percent of his snaps as a receiver he i think he was only in line two or three times in the entire game it, it was the first time the falcons i feel like have used him as we kind of dreamt that he would be used coming out um i do think that and i had a little rant in the five yard uh whatsapp chat and at half time and and basically no one responded i think everybody realized i was just <laughs> running to get it off my chest but the 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 way the Jets covered him in the first half, I, I do not get it at all. They basically deemed that he was a wide receiver and we were going to nickel on those first two drives with, with the Falcons in, you know, th- 13 personnel and, and 12 personnel. We were in nickel and, and they were just running the ball down our throats and couldn't do anything. And then all of a sudden they thought, oh, let's let's try and put a linebacker on him. And they just, they just started tearing him apart. On his touchdown, I don't know if you noticed, the guy covering... Cole Pitts for his touchdown in man coverage was John Franklin Myers, who is a hybrid kind of DN slash D tackle that kicks inside on on pass rushing downs. And you've got like a 275 pound defensive lineman trying to cover an absolute athletic three. And then people are surprised that he caught the touchdown. It's like, yeah, I'm really excited that Cole Pitts has, you know, has finally broken out. Do I think this is Cole Pitts to stay this year? No, I, I still think that the the price people paid at the beginning of the year was was too high. Um, I think he'll have weeks like this, but I, I don't think that he's basically going to get the Jets every week, is he? Oh, I know, but it was still an incredible performance. Oh, um, not not to take away from that route that he did he did run. Um, yes, it was against a two hundred and seventy five pound lineman, but it was still a good route. Um, 
So let's move on to a lot of significant news this week. So the potentially biggest or most season-ending story is actually Juju Smith-Schuster. He had a rib injury during the game. Um, I actually have a roster with him and two other guys that we um, are going to go through in a minute where I had him and two other guys go out within the first quarter and I safe to say that I did not win that league uh, <laughs> or win that matchup. But yeah, so he had a rib injury. It was quite clear to start off with that it was serious. And then the decision has been made from what I can tell that the season ending surgery is going to take place. You've got Dalvin Cook with an ankle injury. He was not active last week. Um, hopefully if you weren't like me, was at the game and um, wasn't at the game, you'd be able to have taken him out of some of your lineups. Um, but yeah, so we'll have to see what Cook looks like. But I, I think, think that this, that was more of a precautionary game back up to 100%. I think this was always the concern, and we, we voiced it with Davin Cook. You know, as soon as they said that it was a high ankle sprain, to me, that's a two to six week injury. And yes, he, you know, he tried to gut through it and tried to play and, and we saw him in, you know, in limited snaps and, and that kind of thing. And it, it's just not going to work. I think that actually him not playing and hopefully resting it and, and, and recovering it is, is hopefully the better thing for him long term. Kind of feel like if he'd have carried on playing, we would have seen, a, you know, him being a shell of himself for the entire season. Whereas hopefully, you know, like the Jerry Judy route of, Okay, we'll shut him down for four weeks and, and hopefully he's come back. You know, obviously Dalvin Cook's a couple of weeks already through it. So hopefully, you know, maybe we miss him again this week, but then week after he's he's kind of back flying. Speaking of that exact um situation, Christian McCaffrey was also a surprising active. Um it looked like by all reports that he was trending to play and then he was inactivated, I believe it was on Saturday night in the UK. Um so Again, he, he looks like he's trending back to play this week, but that hamstring is going, it, it looks to have lingered a little bit. Maybe there was a setback, but we've not had any news on that. Um, staying on the running back train, we've got Chris Carson with a neck injury. Um, he was a late inactive for anyone in the UK as well. I think he was made inactive around 11 o'clock. Um, so he potentially was in a lot of lineups when people went to sleep. Um and Russell Wilson as well with a finger injury out for four to six weeks. So that was a nasty game. Yeah, I, th I think that on the Carson one, it's I know the re the reports coming out are that he's you know Chris um, Pete Carroll said that he's taking a positive turn today, which you know you can take Pete Carroll and injury talk for whatever you want. It's that any time there's a neck injury for a running back, I'm scared. Um, I do think that we could see a, a prolonged spell. Out, I think that it, it's 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 kind of a recurring injury. Apparently, he's, he's never really got over it. So, I'm I'm really concerned if I'm a Chris Carson owner right now. Um, the Russell Wilson one, that's that's just brutal, isn't it? You know, he 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 looked good. It felt like the season. You know, he was having another really good, solid QB one season, and now we're going to miss him for four to six weeks. Is Geno Smith in? Is, is Geno going to be able to, you know, keep Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf as, as both fantasy relevant? Who knows? Um, he did a decent job when he came in. Um, but I, I, as a Jets fan, I'm, I'm not exactly the biggest Geno uh, supporter. Um, but fingers crossed he can he can just do enough to, to keep the guys relevant. Uh, moving on, so we're gonna we've got a bunch of 49ers news. So 49ers fans, you might want to put your fingers in your ears or skip forward a little bit. Um, so Jimmy G calf injury potentially back in week seven. Trey Lance knee injury um, again potentially back in week seven. So both quarterbacks could be healthy um, next week or the week after. Sorry. Kittle has gone to IR, so that is for three games, not for three weeks. So if you're expecting him back in week seven, then he's not going to be back because they have a bye week. Um, this week it is. So he will be back week, or he's eligible to come back after week eight. So there's a lot of news there. Um, 
I don't know whether you want to touch on anything there because the Kittle news was, I thought that was a pretty big surprise midway through the week. It, it seemed like he was, you know, he, he had a chance to play, didn't it? And then all of a sudden it was, oh, he's, he's on IR. So, yeah, it, it was a surprise, particularly going on IR with with the bye week. Um, because, as you said, it is three games, not three weeks. So, yeah, it's, it's obviously a huge blow. Those people that have got kids have obviously spent highly to acquire him. You've just got to hope that hopefully this is, you know, he, he's potentially going to get fully healthy. He'll have four weeks off it. Hopefully he can come back fully fit and uh, and can come back as that sort of t- top elite, you know, battling with the top two guys for, uh, for that time production. Yeah, so... Devontae Parker as well, hamstring injury, two to four weeks. Um, that didn't look good um, from the reports that I was seeing online. So Daniel Jones, concussion, potentially out this week. Um, he was at, rolled out uh, pretty early on in that game, I believe. But, yeah, Daniel towards, Jones. Towards the end. Oh, yeah. it towards um, the end? Sorry. Yeah, Mike Glennon came in in, in spot duty. Um, obviously, for those of you in Superflex leagues, we're in bye weeks, so you're probably going to end up starting Mike Glennon this week because I think, you know, the, the as Edwin Porras says, that I think the mode, uh, the average mode is is a week for concussion, so we're kind of expecting him to miss at least one week. And staying with the Giants, you've also got Saquon Barkley, um, left ankle spray, so that's potentially two to six weeks as well. Devontae Booker came in and had a great game. Um, in in lieu of Barkley being on the field, but that's going to be a, a stinger for Giants fans. Yeah, it's such a shame, isn't it? Because uh, Barkley was it was looking like he was back to his best, wasn't it? And then it's leaving the game on crutches. It's it's brutal. Um, luckily, it is a low ankle sprain, so it's it's not that dreaded high ankle sprain that we're talking about with uh, with Dalvin Cook and Jerry Judy. Um, so hopefully it's, you know, the, the lower end of that scale. And, you know, we're looking at one, two weeks um, and, and hopefully you can kind of manage that. And then you get uh, a slightly rested Barkley back for uh, for when the real season kicks in. Fingers crossed because Barkley did look great over the past two weeks before this happened. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with a knee injury. So he actually went on to IR about an hour ago as of recording. He's going to miss at least three games. Uh, they don't have a bye week. The Chiefs don't have a bye week in the middle of those three, so he will be out for three games or three weeks. This yeah, is, tough. Again, a, a tough break for the the Chiefs and for Dynasty Rosses. I, I know I've got a couple with both Barkley, Ceh, or Cook and CMC with Ceh as well. Yeah, this is this is this is why you roster fifteen running backs, isn't it? <laughs> happens you know you can guarantee was it death taxes and running back injuries it's pretty much guaranteed so I think Darrell Williams is the next man up maybe if you're in you know Jarrett McKinnon is uh probably a a dart throw at this I I think that to be honest I'm probably just going to avoid this running back backfield if unless I'm absolutely desperate um because I do think that basically we're just going to see Mahomes you know they're they're three well they're two and three now aren't they so I think this we're going to see a big bounce back from Mahomes, and I think he's going to be the one that kind of leads them on the charge. I certainly don't think they're going to be putting the ball in Darrell Williams' hands sort of 20 times a game. I, I, yeah, again, I agree. I don't think that they're going to basically lean on that running game anymore. I mean, they didn't overly lean on that running game anyway. I just think we're going to see a lot less um, of a reliance. So Curtis Samuel groin injury potentially out for about four weeks. That's another injury for him after he's just come back from injured reserve. This this is brutal because he he went on injured reserve with the groin injury. You know you think he's he's had plenty of time to recover. He comes back and and he left very early in the game with with the recurrence of the groin injury. I think any recurrence injury is is terrifying um, because you know that they're now going to play it super duper safe um, and. And he's probably going to be gone for at least, as we said, four weeks, according to reports. But I wouldn't be shocked if it was longer. Um, it's it's tough to to see because I had some high hopes for him heading up to Washington. Um, and it, it's just burning a roster spot at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, um, we'll see whether he gets put back on IR. Um, so he's not burning that roster spot for you. So 
Moving on, we've got Damian really uh, Damian Harris, sorry, chest or rib injury. So that's anywhere between one to six weeks. We haven't really seen anything on that. So it, it's just such a wide variety of outcomes right now. Um, Dallas Goddard, before we started recording as well, was placed on the COVID-19 reserve slash IR. So um, I had a quick look into this and you can come off it if he has two negative tests before Thursday. Um, but that's not a likelihood, uh, not a very high likelihood that he does actually come back. So he could potentially be missing this week. You've I mean, got... if he's the, the theory is that if he's vaccinated and he's tested positive, he needs those two ten negative tests. Well, you know, we're, we're Tuesday now. It's hard to see him having two negative tests in the space of 24 hours in order to play. So yeah. I think you're probably running Dallas Goddard out of your lineup this week. So bit of hopefully good news. I know we've been saying this for the past couple of weeks and it's still not happened, but Rashad Bateman and Michael Gallup both potentially coming back from IR this week. I'm ready to see Bateman on the field. I've said this for the past two weeks. And I'm going to be ready until he actually comes back. I know that Tom... Um, or Best Ball UK NFL is on Twitter, is going to absolutely love me for saying this because he loves a bit of Bateman. But, yeah, I can't wait for him to get back on the field. And I think Gallup's also going to come back and he, he could have a monster uh, rest of the season. Offense is humming right now. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope we can add another weapon to it and, uh, and it can fly even more. So... Last bit of significant news, if you don't know, the bye weeks start this week. So, as we hinted, the San Francisco 49ers are on bye week. So, if you have any of Jimmy G, Trey Lance, Debo, uh, Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and anyone in the, the running back the running back uh, room there, so potentially Eliza Mitchell, Trey Sermon, um, they are not going to be playing this week. You've got New York Jets, New Orleans Saints, and the Atlanta Falcons. Um, if you have anyone on those teams, they will not be playing this week. So get them out of those lineups. Yeah, absolutely. And that brings us to the the dynasty stock market, Liam. So big risers on the week. So first one, we've talked about him a couple of times this year and how we've, you know, he, he's been fantastic. He's had some huge boom weeks. Um whether whether we could buy into it and it's it's Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown in up in Baltimore. Um, look, he he was incredible Monday night. I it just I saw a, a tweet. Somebody said, "Imagine, imagine what his season would look like if uh, if he hadn't had those three drops in that one game." I think we we'd be talking about potentially the overall wide receiver one, wouldn't we? But um, yeah, what do you think? Do you think obviously we've got Bateman looming? Do you think that destroys any any hope of of Hollywood holding on as a, a kind of a top twenty four receiver? I don't think it destroys what Hollywood's um, potential is going to be for the rest of the season. I think his production will take a hit, but does Bateman really come in and just be an alpha wide receiver one? I know you don't like that term, but I can't think of any other way to put it. It is Bateman in his rookie season coming off an injury where he's not really had that time to practice um, with Lamar. Is he going to come in and take everything from Hollywood? I don't believe so. I can't wait for Bateman to be on the field, but I do think it's going to take the rest of the season for him to get up to speed in the offence. Um, I think we'll see when Bateman does come back, we'll start to see a bit of a decline in Hollywood's um, production. But again, that's going to take a couple of weeks. I think I'd probably ride this out for another two to three weeks. And, and just see where it goes because Bateman, although he's a great wide receiver in your model, I loved his tape. I do think it's going to take him a few weeks to get adjusted to the NFL. Yeah, I think it's look for for Marcus Brown. It's it's basically a case of target share, isn't it? And it's all well and good him being this incredibly productive when there's basically two options in that passing game, isn't there? There's Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown, and yes, you can sprinkle in Sammy Watkins and James Prochet and, and, and Devin Duvernay or whatever, but it's really those two. And it's 
this is a run first offense. If you're going to chuck in another wide receiver that's commanding somewhere in a you know a fifteen to twenty five percent target share, it just eats into what Holly Brown can do on a weekly basis. And I think that the truth is is that he's always only ever going to be a, a boom bust kind of wide receiver, wide receiver three, isn't he? Really, that's his kind of his ceiling. But at the moment, he's out producing that, and I think that's it. Is that I would say he's a prime candidate to sell with Bateman coming in. But the problem is, is that everybody knows he's a prime candidate to sell. Everybody's expecting him to regress and him to return to, to some sort of normality. Um, and everybody's expecting when Bateman comes back, him to lose his target share and, and kind of go back to that boom bust flex play. So it does kind of make me think, I do wonder if maybe you could go and float out some, some, reasonable offers for Marquise Brown and, and get some instant production um, because people are thinking, oh, he, he's such an obvious sell. Um, and you know me, whenever whenever the entire community are saying, you must do this, I'm immediately thinking, maybe I should do the opposite thing. And if, if Marquise Brown is the number one sell candidate in, in kind of dynasty, maybe that makes him a buy. Um, so I don't know. I mean, taking my survival guide i've i've gotten valued around a second round pick um i mean i'll be honest i'm i'm quite happy paying a second round pick for him right now um i think just on the off chance that we are seeing a true breakout um you know and and this is the guy that we're going to see yes he's not going to put up 35 whatever 40 points whatever he was this week but could we see him kind of establish himself as a wide receiver too it's kind of within the realm of possibilities, isn't it? Definitely. I I do struggle with him being a wide receiver too for the rest of the season. Um, but as you said, I, I've got him down as a wide receiver flex play every week at this point. Um, and if you've got him as your wide receiver flex play, then you're probably looking at a pretty good roster. And I think that, yes, I'm saying, I'm here saying he could potentially be a wide receiver too. But you're not having to pay wide receiver two prices, are you? I mean, he's, I, I don't even know where I've got him ranked off the top of my head, but he's probably in the like late 30s in terms of his value at the moment. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't mind that value right now. Wide receiver 49, okay? Wide receiver I don't think you're going to be buying him for that price, though. I think no, if someone's got him, they aren't going to let him go for a second. But if everybody, this is what I'm saying, if everybody in the dynasty community is telling you and every article and every podcast is saying, go and sell Marquise Brown before Bateman comes back, that drops his price. And I do wonder if you could buy him for a second round pick or a wide receiver in that same sort of tier. Yeah, I, I don't mind the, the swap um, or having a, a second round pick with a little bit on the side um, to go and get him. But at the same time, I just think that his price is going to outweigh uh, the potential reward that you're going to get right now, um, in the long run at least. Yeah. I mean, you know, someone like uh, Adam Thielen or Odell Beckham, to me, I'd, I'd throw Marquise Brown in there. I need to update my uh, my values and ranks because I think I'm definitely a lot higher on him than I am on those sort of guys. Yeah, I agree. So the, the second big riser, and it feels like, again, we talk about this guy as a riser every week, and it's Jamar Chase. Uh, <laughs> it seems the, the the touchdown regression is never going to happen. He's just going to keep catching long bombs from Joe Barrow and keep producing. So how high how high are we on him, Liam? How high is he as a as a dynasty wide receiver? Do you think he's, you know, is he, is he cracked that top three? Is he, is he cracked the top five? How high are you on you? How high are you on him now? See, I'm very hesitant, and you know me. I I'm not a guy to jump in on any player. I'm a lot more on the fence, as you always say. And <laughs> um, with Chase specifically, I think I'm hesitant to put him in that top six range right now. He's definitely in my wide receiver twelve. I think I've got him as my eight-ish, eight or nine right now. But yeah, I, he he can easily move up for me in the rest of this the season. I'm still expecting a bit of touchdown regress, and I can't see this like, can't, uh, carrying on for the rest of the season. But he's shown that he's done. He can do this in his rookie year. He's legit. 
I I want him on as many rosters as I can get him, really. I think Chase is slowly becoming my uh, version of CD Lamb for you. Yeah, and uh, and to be honest, Chase is I'm I'm super high on Chase. He's up to my he's my wide receiver six now. Um, so the only guys I've got above him, are, so I've got Tyreek and Devonte, um, and I've got Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown, CD Lamb, and Jamal Chase, and he's very much in that tier of those four youngsters. Um, so I'm I'm all in on Chase. I think he's you know he he was a, a 99th percentile receiver in my model. He is. You know, he basically broke it. Um, I'm I'm super excited about him long term. I, I love the fact that he's going to be in a pass first offense with some other elite receivers in terms of um, all the other stuff. Um, you know, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, that kind of thing. I'm I'm really excited about him going forward. I do think that that we kind of overvalued youth still, um, which is why I've got you know Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams ahead of him. Um, and I do think that I've seen some talk overall dynasty wide receiver one. Um, and I think we just need to just need to call the Jets on that a little bit. You know, we, we remember 12 months ago, people were talking about DK Metcalf as the overall wide receiver one uh, at this point last year. Um, and I think, to be honest, you could argue whether DK Metcalf is actually a dynasty wide receiver one uh, at the moment. So I think let's, let's just chill out. Maybe not you know, overall wide receiver one, but I definitely think he's in that top six for me at the moment. Um, so the, the big fallers of the week, Liam. Um, so, you know, I, I, I hate I hate to uh, to add a little corrections corner, but on your, your significant news sections, you talked about Juju with the rib injury. I think it was dislocated shoulder was, oh, uh, was the issue. Got it so I'll, uh, I'll, I'll pick you up on that so the listeners don't. But, uh, but again, Big faller, obviously. There's there's talk that that's his season over. Um, do you think this is the last we see of Juju in Pittsburgh? Obviously, we were expecting that last year. Do you, do you think this is it now? He's he's going to move on as a, as a free agent in India year and uh, find pastures new. Yeah, I I think he is moving on. I I thought this before this the injury. Um, Big Ben, I think he's gone after this year. I don't think there's any way that they're going to keep him. Um, so will Juju want to sit there through a transition period at the quarterback position? Um, maybe he waits to see who the quarterback is. I've seen some rumours that break my heart at the moment, but Rogers' uh, rumours to Pittsburgh, purely speculation at the moment. I, I think it's nothing more than that. But if that does happen, I can see him going back. But outside of something like Aaron Rodgers going to Pittsburgh, I think he's gone. I don't yeah. think... I don't know whether Pittsburgh would want him back, um, but I don't think he's going to take another pay cut. I do feel sorry for the player, um, specifically because he did take a pay cut to go and play for Pittsburgh, and unfortunately it didn't didn't work out because it was a one-year deal. Prove it, kind of like Will Fuller, who also isn't having a great season due to injuries. Yeah, I think for me, if I'm not a contender... I'm probably using this opportunity to go and buy Juju. I think I'll give it a week, make sure he is ruled out for the year, make sure, you know, the guy who owns him is is kind of thinking he's he's fully done and put on the shelf. And, and then I'm going and buying. You, you know me, I'm any injury discount I can get on a guy that I view as an elite player, I'm absolutely doing it. And uh, maybe, maybe I'm too high on Juju, but I still think he's elite. I still think that, you know, a guy that is 25 years old and has had... The, the five-year career that he has, I, I still believe that he can produce. Um, I, I downgrade him slightly. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd pay a first for him anymore, um, even if it's going to be a like a you know a really late first. I don't think I'd be feel comfortable paying that for him. Um, but the good news is, I don't. I don't think you have to pay a first for him. I think you know if you can, you're probably not getting him for a second, may, maybe two seconds. But I think if you can pivot from a you know, someone like a Robert Woods or, uh, you know, we talked about earlier Adam Thielen, someone like that, that is more win now if you're rebuilding and, and can go and buy Juju. Um, then I, I do think that this is the kind of guy that we could see completely blow up next year if he, he gets in an interesting, op- you know, landing spot where he is going to get that 100 plus targets, but not expect to be that kind of number one outside receiver he can be used in that slot role again. I, I, I still believe in the talent when it comes to Juju. Uh, 
And then the final kind of big faller, um, and I'll, I'll try not to, to sound too smug when we talk about this, because it's a guy that I was incredibly low on um, before the season. Um, and he, he's not really impressed as, it, as, as the season's gone, and that's Jalen Waddle. Um, so I think the, the 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 hype and the expectations were obscene. Yes, he's a rookie. He's five weeks into his uh, his career. We we still need to give him time. He, he could still get there, but he's he's not really produced. He's being force fed targets like you will never believe, um, and it, it, he's he's just not doing it. Obviously, we saw this last week. No Devonte Parker. No Will Fuller. Um, the, the the passing game was expected to run through him and despite seeing six targets you know a 15 percent target share he, he finished as the wide receiver 76 on the week with single digit points do you think what do you think Jalen model do you think he's still got opportunity to to kind of be that elite dynasty wide receiver that that people were paying up for him to be this you know as little as four or five months ago Potentially, I, I think that this does come down to Will Fuller being out and Devontae Parker being out at the same time as well, and him seeing a lot more coverage. The biggest issue I have with Waddle is I had no idea where to place him pre-draft and post-draft, for that matter, uh, in my rookie rankings. There was just a bit of, I suppose, I didn't just didn't know where to put him. It, it was around my wide receiver of three to six in the class. I uh, Wide receiver four to six in the class. I had no idea where to put him. It was around the Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, and, and him. That was kind of like a tear for me. And he just hasn't shown anything to, to take him out of that tier for me. Rondell Moore, for example, has shown that he's... Got, got what it takes. He he had that boom week, and although Waddle has had a bit more of a boom week, it's still something that, uh, that there's something that lacks there for me. And I still want to see it maybe one to two more weeks. Um, but as you said, wide receiver seventy six on the week is not what you want from your rookie wide receiver that you've just taken out of a rookie rookie draft. Yeah, I think from a fantasy perspective, the biggest concern for me isn't the target share. The targets are there. That you know, they're they're trying to get him the ball. To me, the a, the a dot is terrifying. So his his a dot at the moment is four point six yards. So that basically says to me, he's not getting any downfield targets. He is being targeted at and around the line of scrimmage. You know, four point six a dot is pathetic, and. That's that's really concerning because we want those downfield targets. You know, if he's he's basically being told, "Here's the ball," you know, go and make something happen. I I I I just think at the moment Miami aren't using him correctly, and I think that they're they're in the attitude of, "Look, we've we've spent this really high pick. We need him to work." If I if if that ADOT was creeping up to sort of seven eight. You know, yards. I, I'd be much happier. I just think that that's that's a real concern for me that it's it's that low. Yeah, definitely. I think with Waddle as well, the one thing that I suppose I'm giving him a bit more credit for is the amount of injuries around him. He's obviously had the Waddle and um, he's had Parker and Fuller and um, drop out over the past few weeks, but he's also had no Tua. Whether that actually helps him or not, I don't know. <laughs> But I suppose at least he's got that. I suppose at least he's got that um, rapport with what uh, with Tua that he could have fallen back on. Whereas Jacoby Brissett, although he's holding the fort, I don't think he's overly great. Yeah. So just just to give you an idea, okay. So of all wide receivers in the NFL that have seen ten targets or more. Waddle has the second lowest A dot of any receiver at 4.6 yards. The only person lower is Rondell Moore. Now, Rondell Moore has seen targets out of the backfield. He's catching lots of screens. Like, he is that movable piece. He is the guy that you just get the force feed the ball and, and goes and gets something. To me, Jalen Waddle is actually a wide receiver. You know, he's not that offensive weapon. He is supposed to be a proper wide receiver. And if he's 
you know, he's got a lower A dot than Jameson Crowder, Cole Beasley, Adam Humphreys. Like these are proper slot receivers. I want to see James Model, who is lightning fast and electric with the ball in his hand. Why isn't he getting any deep shots? Why isn't he getting any looks downfield? I just think that I don't know if if it's an issue in Miami. I, I hope that it gets addressed as the season goes on. But yeah, that that A dot really scares me right now. If I'm a, if I'm a water liner. So the, uh, the the moving on to the the, the stars of the week, Liam. So uh, who's who's your star of the week? So this one, I, I suppose I took a bit of liberty with the name. So we have changed the names of uh, the next few segments because we decided to add one in. So this one is stars of the week, as Rich said, and I don't know how much you can class Kadarius Tony as a star after this week. Um, for fantasy production, he was brilliant. He was the wide receiver five on the week. He went for um, 189 yards and a touchdown on 10 receptions. And he had one rush for seven yards. He had a, He's had an insane past two weeks. He's had 22 targets. And, and sorry, he didn't have a touchdown. Uh, I don't know why I said that. But he's had 22 receptions over uh, 22 targets over the past two weeks and he still hasn't scored a reception uh, scored a touchdown yet he's had 13.9 fantasy points and nearly 30 fantasy points in ppr if we see a touchdown in either of those two games he's near enough the wide receiver one on the week um for, for this week just gone at least so do we think he's the real deal rich or do you think that the the Giants were um, being slated correctly for taking him in the first round? Um, I quite like Kadarius Tony, especially in the second round of your wide receiver, uh, of your rookie drafts. But I really do wonder about his his mental state, especially after this week. Um, this is what I was talking about when we're when I said taking liberty with the name because he's. Uh, he got ejected from the game for fighting, I believe it was, and he could be facing suspension after that, at least a fine. So, yeah, I think I'm not even here next week. But I think he, I've, he's seen a lot of work this the past two weeks. Yeah, I think I've seen that he's he's not going to get suspended, um, which is interesting. Um, I, I I ended up with a lot of Kadaris Tony shares last year. I think just because I was a little bit higher on him, the fact that they'd spent that first round draft pick on him. Likewise. Um, yeah. So I think he was, he was, I think he settled in as like my wide receiver seven. Um, whereas I think consensus was kind of wide receiver nine or 10. Um, yeah. It's, it's hard not to be really excited by the usage of the last two weeks. He, he looks electric. I think his, you know, to use a James Harden metaphor, his, his ability to stop um, is, is impressive more so than his, his kind of acceleration. My huge concern is that he's only doing this because there's no other wide receivers. Um, and we saw last week he he got shifted into a slot and ran all those routes from the slot without Sterling Shepard. Um, and then we've seen Golladay go down. Uh, we've seen uh, Slayton niggle injuries. We've seen, um, uh, I can't think who else is injured in that. Receiver core, help me out. But um, yeah, they, basically, there's no other options. And he is being forced for targets because he's the only receiver. When, you know, Slayton, Golladay, Shepard all come back, are we going to see him still command this kind of high target share? I, that's what I want to know. Um, if I'm looking at him at the moment, I'm, I'm probably not buying in yet. Um, I'll give it a couple more weeks. If he's able to produce once those of the receivers come back then yeah I'm, I'm i'm all in um yes the price will be higher um but i'm i'm happy paying that because i think i'll be convinced what i don't want to do is go and buy him and and spend a lot of a lot of money on him now um only to be burned when it potentially comes out in in a you know a couple of weeks that the other guys get back um and then my my star of the week um so he's austin eckler so I, I basically picked him because I think he's having the most under the radar elite fantasy season. Um, and I don't think enough people are talking about him. Uh, so he's the RB2 on the season. He he was the RB1 this past week. 
he's he's basically just been incredible. Um, we've we've had the last two seasons he's finished as the overall RB four and the overall RB ten, and yet nobody's really talking about him as as that kind of elite dynasty running back option. We've seen an increase in opportunity share. He's never had anything over a 50% opportunity share before. So far this year, he's at 64%. Um, and I think for me, if you're a contender, Austin Eckler's absolutely the guy I'm going out to buy right now because I think that you can get top five production from him, but I don't think you're having to pay top five prices. You know, I think you're still, no matter who who's high on Austin Eckler, you're still seeing him settle in behind CMC, Saquon, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, um, probably even guys like Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, Najee Harris. You know, he, he's probably valued as a fringe top 10 running back, yet you're going to get top five production. He's under contract until 2024, I think they're likely going to keep him around on that contract because he's not, you know, it's not market setting in terms of the money he's making. Um, and, and he's, you know, Justin Herbert with that offense has been so impressive that he's going to get those red zone looks and he's going to get those opportunities for, for high scoring touches. So, yeah, I'm I'm really impressed by Austin Eckler and I'm, I'm maybe seeing if there's a few people that are trying to sell him and, think that they're selling high because he's just had the you know the overall RB one week and, and see if you can buy off the back of that. So Austin Eckler was a guy that I was massive on preseason. Um I drafted him everywhere that I could. I thought he was a great value. Um potentially not even being in the um wide receiver one in AD or wide receiver and um, running back one range um preseason. I I just thought that he was a great value as you've mentioned he was the rb4 and the rb10 um over the past two years i do wonder how long this is actually going to last but that offense is absolutely humming and if i've got austin eckler i'm not selling for anything less than top five dynasty rb um value right now yeah Um, i agree agree. he's under contract the only concern that i have is his age he is 26 years old I believe, yeah. Um, but that—that's the only concern I have with Eckler. He doesn't have that workload um, on top of him. He—he's just a, an immense player, and he, in, especially in PPR leagues, he will get you. He has such a safe floor that if he's your running back one, you're probably laughing all the way to the title right now. Yeah, I think if I if I can get you know buyback buy back some some additional value if i can get you know dalvin cook for ekla plus if i can get you know alvin kamara for ekla plus those are moves that i'm absolutely making because i think you're not losing much in terms of production plus you're getting that kind of added asset on top um so the the deep dive player for the week so we're just going to do just going to do one um because as we said we've added in a new segment um but it's going to be marquez callaway so obviously we had the the huge hype in the preseason and then we had essentially three dud weeks where he didn't really do much. And and we've now had two kind of boom weeks. Um, He saw eight targets, caught four for uh, 85 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Really impressive, to be honest. Do you you think that Callaway is someone we should be buying into moving forward? Are you concerned about Michael Thomas kind of looming over over large and could potentially be coming back in a couple of weeks? Potentially. um, I think if you are buying buying him after the past two weeks now is a great time because they're actually on a bye week this week so you could be sending a bye week filler for it for the guy uh, for Marquez Callaway and getting a quite a good deal out of it I do want to pump the brakes a little bit he he does have some good stats out there but I don't think this is going to be the norm of having three good weeks three bad weeks in in that kind of flip-flop order I think with that offense in general, when it goes well, it, it really goes well. But we've seen what also happens when the offense does not do very well in a game. I think with Callaway, we just need to pump the brace a little bit. I do like the the whole idea of a speculative throw a low end pick, maybe a, a swap of players on the lower end of your bench. But I think 
with Callaway, you, you could see any one of those wide receivers go off in a game. Um, and it really does depend on how Winston plays in any one of those games. Because if Winston doesn't play well, his wide receivers have been shown that just they don't do well either. I think that like, I think that Callaway's undervalued currently. Um, but he's absolutely not someone that I want to roster because I think he is that, you know, we talk about it, he's the boom bust wide receiver for flex that you never know if he's going to have a good week or not. You know, the way he plays, he is that deep threat. He's going to have, you know, he had a 18, I think 17.9 A dot so far this year. Um, he's getting those downfield targets. And if he catches two, three, four of them, he's going to have a fantastic week. But if he doesn't, he's going to, he's going to give you nothing. Um, so it's the kind of guy that I, I really don't like rostering. I don't like rostering, you know, guys that I say in that sort of wide receiver 35 to 60 range, because I think they're, they're all too expensive for, for what their production is. Um, and it, and I throw him in that, that kind of tier. I think for me, yeah, he's undervalued. If, if you, you're desperate a receiver or, or you just think that he could, potentially turn out to be, you know, the number one if if Michael Thomas isn't going to come back. We, we've not heard anything out of that camp. Um, go for it. But for me, I, I just don't like that kind of player because I do think they are, you know, very, in, incredibly inconsistent. And that's uh, that's not what I want in my uh, in my flex spots. So uh, the final, the, this, I say the final segment, but this is the new segment. So this is the Dynasty Spotlight, Liam. So uh, who, what, what player are we going to focus on this week? So this week, we're going to focus on Trey Lance. This segment, I kind of thought of because I had Rich obviously ribbing me every every week by not going deep enough with my deep dive player. and thought, how can I get out of thinking of someone that I'm never going to roster or never want to roster? Um, so I thought, of why not? Let's switch it up a little bit and have Spotlight Player of the Week. So Trey Lance is someone that I know that the dynasty community in general are really high on because of that upside and i wanted to really get your thoughts on how you see trey lance at the moment we've seen him in two games and as a fully new enough starting quarterback in both um i do wonder what your opinion is because yes you've seen really big plays and you've seen really good plays but at the same time you've seen some plays that i just kind of think what was that meant to be or is he really thinking everything through is he just maybe panicking a little bit um so this week he had 29 passing attempts completed 15 of them for less than 200 yards and had an interception um but on the same side for especially for fantasy uh, purposes he had 16 rushing attempts for 89 yards that's that's great for fantasy production. That's 8.9 points just on the ground. Um, and if he improves that passing game, he's going to be a great quarterback. My concern is, one, are the 49ers and Carl Shanahan going to give the keys to him, especially this season after some of the some of the plays that he's had? Or do you think that they're then maybe going to shy away from that and try and hope Jimmy G kind of weighs them through this season a little bit more. I think that, look, we, everybody can see the talent. He is incredibly talented. He is a phenomenal athlete who has an absolute cannon for an arm. The talent is there. The run, the fantasy upside is clearly obvious. You know, he, he scored over 20 points last week in, in spot duty. Um, he had, I want to say, um, 15 points this week in what was essentially a bad game because he produced those, you know, didn't score a touchdown, but had nine points on the ground rushing. That's that's a decent week. But to me, no, I watched I watched the, the, the game in 40 um, at lunchtime today. I, I went back and, and had a look a little bit at the coach's film because I knew we were going to talk about him. But to me, he, he's not ready. OK, I, I think that. To me, he's not progressing through reads. It's very much first read or I'm, I'm, or I'm off. At no point did I see him um, actually progress to a second read. Um, I think he he's not got the touch on his throws currently in terms of, I think, 
he's not got the capacity to see NFL open in terms of I don't think he's reading the game quick enough to anticipate guys getting open. And from what I saw, he was waiting for people to be open to throw them the ball, at which point in the NFL, you're almost too late. And this is the problem that Zach Wilson's having is that he's seeing guys open, throwing the ball, and it's too late. Um, so what Trey Lance is doing is knowing that he's too late. So he's now trying to throw the ball so hard that he, he he's basically throwing the ball too hard. And you've seen it on a couple of the throws. I think he's gripping the ball too hard and throwing the ball too hard. And it's, it's losing its spiral as it goes. I think there was the one throw to Mohamed Sanu that, unfortunately for Mohamed Sanu, classes as a Sanu drop. Um, but basically, I think Sanu was trying not to get his head taken off because the ball was so throw, thrown so hard that I think he was basically trying to bat the ball down because he thought he was going to break his fingers if he ended up trying to catch it. Um, look, I, I love Trey Lance, the player. I'm so excited about what he could be. But I do think if Jimmy G is able to play, I think Trey Lance needs to go and sit down learn you know learn to get through those progressions learn to actually read the defense because through a week and a half of of game film i've i've not seen him progress through reads i've not seen him make an anticipate i can never say this word but anticipatory throw um and i think that's what he needs to work on you know we talk about carl shanahan being a an offensive play calling genius well if if that's he's got a week to prepare and that's the game plan that they can put out I'm, I'm a little bit concerned. Um, so from a dynasty value perspective, I'm not doing anything with Trey Lance. I think that if you can buy him cheaper than, you know, you could have a week ago, then absolutely go and do it. If you can get him for, a, you know, a mid first plus in, in a super flex league, go and do it. Cause I do think that there is elite fancy production in there, but I just don't think he's ready to be an NFL starting quarterback at this moment. I do think it will come, and whether that's the end of this season, start of next season, not too sure. But he, as you said, he's got the caliber. He, he's got the talent there. It's just he needs to put it all together. and It's going to take a little bit of going to go there. But once he does, he will be essentially the next Kyler Murray. He's just going to be a top five quarterback in dynasty startup drafts. Yeah, look, the, the talent's there. I think he's going to be an incredible fantasy dynasty asset when he plays. But the 49ers have literally mortgaged their entire franchise for this guy. They can't get this wrong. And I do think that if they leave him out there um, at the moment, it's going to cause issues. So I do think they need to put him back in, let him sit, let him learn for the rest of the year and, and roll with him next year. So the final segment, Liam, we've got the, the mailbag listener questions. Um, who, who, who have we got? What have we got this week? So I wanted to touch on two to, to finish the episode out. So we'll start off with Rob, um, both from the Five Yard family. So Rob has asked what to do with Alan Robinson. Now, to me, we could basically copy and paste a lot of what we said with Mar Sanders last week. Um, I think Alan Robinson, he's struggling a lot, but he's on the last year of his contract. Yes, he's on the older side, but I would like to see where he goes next year. And I think this year, maybe you're not looking at the top 12, maybe top tw uh, 24 um, wide receiver finish that you were probably expecting from him when you drafted him at the start of the season. Yes, I mean, this just shows the, the issues of, having receivers that are you know that have got rookie quarterbacks you can never rely on consistent production um i don't think you can do anything with with alan robinson the same as you said with mar sanders you know you you can't sell him because you're not going to get anything more than probably what a second in in a trade the value has plummeted um i wouldn't be comfortable buying him because as you said we've got that uncertainty next year and i'm, I'm not buying him for for the rest of the season because i think he is going to be inconsistent so it means I'm I'm just holding him what I got and, and hoping that he lands in a you know in a dream spot in free agency, um, and then you can you know, potentially sell him once once the hype started that he's going to get playing for an elite QB or something like that. Um, and then what's what's the second question there, Lim? So this one is from our very own stocks. I wanted to touch on this one just because it was more of a commissioner based question, especially for our dynasty rosters. 
Um, with IR now being three weeks like it was last season, should leagues increase the number of spots, um, IR eligible spots now? Yes and no for this, in my opinion. So yes, in terms that they should, but I don't think doing it midway through the year is the way to go. Um, I don't like mid-year change, changes unless it's a clarification of the rules. Um, I don't like any any type of mid-year change to any roster, any scoring setting or anything along those lines. So personally, I think bring it up in your off-season. Um, I'd be very annoyed if any of my leagues didn't have more than three IR um, spots at this point, um, especially with knowing that the rules were carrying over from last year. But with IR now being three weeks rather than the, I believe it was seven, eight weeks it was previously, um, you're going to see a lot more people on the IR just as a short-term um, roster management move from NFL teams. Yeah, I, th- I think, look, there's no reason not to have loads of IR spots. Anyone who's, who's in Dice League with one or two, I, I just don't get it. I think you should have, you know, five plus. I don't see any reason, any problem with having 10 spots to be honest. Um, but I do agree with you. I don't think you can change it in season. I think you've got to wait till the off season. You've got to either make the change or, or put it to vote and go from there. Um, but that concludes it for the for the pod this week, Liam. So thank you very much for joining us again. Um, just to remind you all that you can uh, go to manscaped.com, use that code five yard and you will get 20% off. Um, by all means, check out check out fiveyardrush.co.uk. You can uh, see all of our articles. Um, just drop the Dynasty Wave Wire article this week. We've got a few more good ones coming. Um, and yeah, we will be back again next week. Um, hopefully, to talk about some uh, some new interesting Dynasty values and changes. But thank you very much, and we'll see you again next week. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.